this thing on? Heck yeah. Happy Sunday, everyone. Today we got Eli Dent with us, played soccer together at College of Charleston. He is incredible. One of the nicest, kindest, genuine souls I've ever met. I feel so grateful that I'm still connected with him. Currently, he's living in Chicago, Illinois right now. I'm really excited for everyone just to hear his perspective and his view. I'm also pumped because this is our first male guest on the show. So I feel very fortunate to learn a different perspective. Obviously, we went to the same school, but we didn't have the same experience because we had a different coach and we had a different team. So really looking forward to it. Eli started a company called Kick It. It is basically soccer plus badminton. Super addicting and shameless plug for parents. It doesn't break things in the house. So check it out. I will link it to the end of the episode where you can read all about it and follow his Instagram. Also, a side note, totally irrelevant. I'm still learning the ins and outs of podcasting, but I just clicked some buttons today and I don't know if anyone's heard of feedback protection on GarageBand, but I'm using it and as I talk, I can hear myself talk, which is weird. And before, I guess I just didn't hear myself when I was talking. Anyways, once again, a learning curve for me on this podcast. I feel so fortunate to have everyone that's listening. So thanks for tuning in and tagging along. And I'm going to shut the hell up now so we can listen to Eli. CFC soccer star started off at South Carolina and then thank goodness transferred over to Charleston where I was fortunate enough to meet him. So excited to have him on. Thanks for joining us, Eli. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Yay. So I wanted to start off by what you did right after school. And I guess near the end of your senior year, you were in a business program where you started your own company. And how was that following soccer? Yeah. So kind of like throughout my collegiate career, I had, you know, I picked up injuries and, um, you know, those are no fun for any student athlete, Um, you know, for a lot of different things you go through, you know, kind of the emotional down of being helpless physically, you can't do anything. And then trying to earn your way back into the team. There's just, there's a lot of dynamics in there and kind of during that time, it gave me the space from athletics a little bit to consider other hobbies and interests that I had. And so that's kind of where I started really exploring entrepreneurship and starting my own business. So that was like really the the beginning of that. Like right as I transferred from USC to, to CFC, I came in feeling really confident, very strong, like super healthy and like preseason games was scoring goals, like was feeling great. I remember. Um, <laughs> and in my third game into our, like my first season, I was on a breakaway and I chipped the keeper and scored. And in that the keeper like ran into me and, and shattered my collarbones. So it was sort of like this. Sweet like, goal though. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will, yeah. I was, I was very happy that at least it went in um, the sacrifice, but yeah, it was a very like just a, 
bummer moment because I was feeling really good in a new environment. So there was a lot of things happening. But yeah, so like in that, I started exploring entrepreneurship. So that was sort of like a side hustle. And I think when you're starting a little bit of a side hustle, it's kind of fun because it's sort of like, especially when you're in college and you're a student athlete, you have a lot of other stuff going on, class, study hall, <laughs> weights, training. And so this is sort of like my little escape to, to be like focused on me and like things that interest me, which for me, like, I don't know about maybe some of our listeners, but college in a lot of ways just didn't really like scratch my itch. Like I, I like I could, I could do academics, could understand like how to get a good grade, I guess is like, you know, just give the teacher what they want. So that stuff was just kind of like mundane, like, you know, checking the boxes. So school is never really like for me but this was. And so it was sort of like applying what I was learning in class. I started the business in, in school. And when I was coming out of college, the business wasn't quite big enough to support my living. And I knew that I had a lot to learn about sales. And I felt for whatever reason that sales, like if I could learn that skill, then I could kind of stand on that as like something that I could, you know, take if I wanted to go to a different place and get a different job. You know, as I was finishing school, I was feeling burned out from athletics, which I really had never experienced before. I was like one of those people that since I was age four was like, I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Like I trained that way. I developed that way. I like focused and thought that way um, and finished my collegiate career like on a really high note. For me, I was just sort of like, that was it. Like that was the box I wanted to check. I accomplished something I feel proud of. And now I'm kind of ready to see what this real world is about. A little bit on that real quick is that I felt like in college athletics, some of my burnout came from my value being determined by somebody else. If I had a bad practice, I was the worst player on the team. If I had, you know, a bad couple practices, like don't even consider yourself like a team player. You know what I mean? Like it's like they, that dictates everything in your life. Hundred percent. Like I would go to class and I'm like, don't even look at me. No one talks to me. Yeah. I'm not having a good day. <laughs> right. And because of the nature of our coach or just the nature of, you know, team sports is that when you're not having a good day or not playing very well, like not only is that visible to everybody and all of your peers and all your, all your friends, but coaches are going to call you out in front of everybody. And so it's public knowledge that you are playing poor, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, like when you're coming to class and like you're with your teammates, you're kind of like, dude, just like, don't, I know, I know, just <laughs> you know? So yeah, there's a lot of that uh, struggle. I just didn't want to subscribe to this model of having someone over me that determines my value. And because like you said, like that plays on everything in your life. So then I went into sales because I felt like here's a way for me to like sort of independently determine my outcome. I worked at a technology sales consulting company in Charleston and did that for like a year where I felt, and maybe this is just me coming from sort of learning the discipline of being an athlete. It's like, just show up every day, even if you're not feeling it, like just try and learn something new and do it and push the agenda. Three or four months into this thing, I was like, this is so complicated technology sales and cons like consulting on technology sales to business owners that are like seasoned. I mean, I'm talking to people that are like 30 years older than me, yeah. telling them about technology. And like, in a lot of ways we had that advantage because we're younger, people can kind of see, you know, where we're a little bit more savvy, but it was just three months into that. I was like, for one, it's really complicated, but I just don't really dig this whole, like knocking on doors, cold calling. Like this is just not fun. <laughs> And constantly getting like 
I don't want to talk. No, thanks. Please don't 100%. call this number. And you're like, sweet. Okay. Yes. And then it's like, and it's like the worst. Is I'm like, going to go. Yeah. And then the worst is like when you get somebody that's like, okay, I'll listen to what you have to say. And yeah. they start going into it and they poke a hole in it, like a really easy, simple hole. And you're like, wow, I don't know the answer to that. And they're like, okay, well, see you. And you're like, yeah. oh, this sucks. So it was a long year. So I stuck it out for a year. I was like, at least give it a year you know, and see how I feel at the end of that. And through that year, I connected with um, someone that came and spoke at our school. She was an entrepreneur. She very successful, like was my former MIT engineer, every credential in the book, amazing woman. And she came and spoke and I was, she loved sports and I was entrepreneurship sports. Like, I just need to like pick your brand. Let me pitch you what I'm, you know? Yeah. So I grabbed her after the talk and like had a conversation with her and she's like, yeah, like, cool. Like, you know, kind of like, all right, like I need to be the other people. And I was like, okay, okay, whatever. In my first year working, I just reached out to her. Cause I was like, Hey, like I'm working on this. And I just worked with another student at the college who is in technology. And we developed like, a smart version of our kick it, which is like our product. And I was like, you're MIT engineer, you like sports and you're an entrepreneur. Like, I just want to show you this product that we're creating and see like, if you have any feedback on it. So she agreed to have coffee with me and immediately was like, you need to go all in on this. Why are you doing technology sales? And I was like, well, I don't know. Until I need to live. Money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I got to pay my bills, do. girl. Yeah, yeah. And she, she was like, yeah, but you just need to do this. And I was like, okay, but ha- like, how do I do that? Right. And she was like, you should consider doing an accelerator. Like there was a local business accelerator um, called the Harbor Entre. It was from our Harbor Entrepreneur Center. Basically you apply, they interview you. If you get accepted, then they put you through this six week course of branding, sales, marketing, everything like soup to nuts, basic fundamentals of building a business. I was kind of like, yeah, okay. I don't know if that's really for me. Like it's sort of like throw me back in the classroom, right? Like I don't want that, but I was like, okay. Like I applied and I ended up getting accepted in this program, which was great. So like, I can't do this full time. I still have to like go out. need to pay my bills. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm paying my bills, but I'm also doing this. And through that process, I'm becoming maybe more aware of what gives me energy and like what motivates me and excites me and what do I want to spend my time doing a month into this program. So not even quite halfway through, I was like, I need to quit my job. And in context is like, my parents are in Charleston, like my family lives there. So did I need to go have an apartment to pay rent? No. Could I just go live with my parents and do this thing and see what happens? And are they willing to do that? Yeah. So like in a lot of ways, I was really lucky. And that's what I decided to do. So I ended up, I finished out my year, but I was still in this program. And I was like, look, like at the end of this program, I'm done with this job. I'm just going to focus all in on this. And so I moved back with my dad and spent the next year living with my dad, you know, out of his house and building the business. So that's that's kind of the long, long winded story. No, I mean, it's sweet to see where it is now. Cause I remember when you brought a few for our team and then we would see the guys playing with it. Obviously like all the guys had them in their house and we would play. And then I worked at a soccer store at Lloyd's in Charleston. So seeing the products come in and then seeing kids use them and then seeing them out of the fields. And it was just sweet to see the whole build from then to now. And it's awesome. So thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. And that definitely ties into the next question of what significant life changes, if any, did you experience following your conclusion with soccer? Yeah. Um, wow. A lot. Holy crap. Um, yeah, it's like such a loaded question. Yeah. So 
Life happened really fast for me. And I feel like in a lot of ways kind of happened to me, but none of the things that, ha would, that happened to me would have been possible had I not gone through athletics and been sort of prepared to facilitate so much change. One of the biggest decisions I had through athletics was one, committing to play college soccer. Like, where were you going to go? You know, I was looking at all these other schools and I was like, where do I go? Where do I go? So like making that decision was like a life-changing decision. And then the next big decision through athletics was transferring. This program isn't doing it for me. Do I leave all my friends from freshman year that I love and try this new place and just, cause I need to follow my dream. And that was the thing. So that was another decision. And then right after college, big decisions that happened. So I have been in a relationship with my now fiance uh, since I was literally a freshman in high school. So <laughs> there's a lot to unpack yeah. even in there. Yeah. But go us. Um, She's so, awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I was kind of coming around to this point where she's looking at me and saying like, are we going to the next level or like, is this <laughs> kind of a college thing? Like what's up here? And at that stage of my life, my parents are divorced and that has a lot of damage and and I was just sort of like disenchanted with the idea of marriage and the idea of having kids and all that stuff. She's looking at me this way. I love her. I just am struggling with this concept of like really going for eternity because I've seen it not go to eternity, you know? Absolutely. And so I went to therapy. I was like, I need to see somebody to talk to somebody about this. I can't talk to my parents. I love my brother, but like, there's just too much baggage there. Like, I, yeah. you know, so I went to therapy for most of that year that I was transitioning out of college. And that was so good for me to kind of get an unbiased third party opinion on my situation. It's the best. And yeah. you can just talk and you don't have to ask how they're doing. Yes. It's, an, it's like an hour to talk about yourself. Yes. And someone just listens. It's 100%. I couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah, I mean, like I work through things that you've never been able to talk with about and stuff that you're not even aware is is there, you know, Absolutely. Um, and that was probably my first like kind of like real adult decision in the fact that like I was making like not that much money a month to like do the sales job in the first place. But I was at the stage of my life where I'm like, okay, but I can't do anything or function. And my relationship is a big part of my life. And if I like can't function there, like how am I going to be productive in the real world? So I invested whatever it was like 250 bucks a month into this like therapy thing that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I just think that I need to shut out everything else and just focus on this because I have to get over this or through it. So that and then inevitably led me to being okay, like I'm very clear on like my identity and this is the girl that I'm going to marry and I'm going to propose to her. So that was a big life change. And then within the same time frame of like me proposing was she matched for residency program and we literally moved in, within two months. Like my life went from like living out of my dad's house, <laughs> running my business to like getting engaged and moving to Chicago. Big life change. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> that's sure. awesome though. Yeah. I mean, and what a perfect time to go to therapy. Yeah, you're going for this reason, but thank goodness because so much is already changing, you know? So 100%. And I was getting through that I, is I had this like inferiority complex that I carried with me into like everything, right? Into my job post soccer in technology. And I'm like, 
these people are looking at. I look, I still like, I'm 26 and I still don't have any facial hair. Like what's <laughs> up with that? Like what the heck? And so I walk into these places and they're looking at me like I'm just this kid. And I'm like, well, I mean, you're not wrong, but give me some credit. Shit. Um, I, I have that too. Like I was just having that conversation. I work at a gym and it's, I'm the youngest and it's almost all guys. And so I'm always like, I feel like I have to prove myself, but I, I really think it's sports. Like, you're always trying to impress your coach. You're always trying to like be the mm. best in your position. So then they'll just find someone else, which yeah. sucks, but it's so true. It's like, okay, well, if you can't do the job then someone else will. And so, I don't know. I always feel like I'm like, I swear I'm good enough. I swear. I'm yeah. Like- always. <laughs> right. That's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. I haven't, I didn't make that parallel, but that is kind of true. Like, especially as you get into college athletics, like if you're on that track, you're having to always put yourself in situations where you're not a hundred percent the best person there. Cause otherwise you won't get better. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely carried over through with me at least. Um, yeah. So going back to soccer at college of Charleston, or also uh, USC. What did you appreciate most about that experience? It's been like three over maybe three and a half years now since I, since I've finished with the program. So that's, a, that's like a three and a half years sounds like nothing, but that is literally so much time. So much and time. And so much happens in that. And um, I think I can kind of look back now and appreciate something that at the time I absolutely hated and rejected. And that was the amount of shit that I got from coach every day. And, and you could ask everybody in that <laughs> locker room for the two and a half years that I was there is that like, unless I was hurt, which happened my first injury. And then maybe I picked up like one other like injury, but for the most part, I was carried injuries and played with them, but like yeah. not unplayable, you know, yeah. like I, got, I don't feel well, but I'll right. still play. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm probably injured, but like, <laughs> I will still play if you really like, if yeah. you need me, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So I got so much, like there was no escape for me. It was, there could be a giant divot in, in the grass and someone passing the ball and the ball pops up and hits me like in the neck. And he looks at me and says, why was your touch so bad? And I'm like, did you not ever, I'm looking around like, is this guy serious? It was unreal. Like it was completely unrealistic and I couldn't get him off my back. I spent two years with him in my ear and I couldn't figure it out. Like, and just knowing me, I can't perform if I'm constantly being chewed out because I'm constantly being questioned on my abilities and my confidence. I was a striker, a winger. And so a lot of your self-worth as an athlete in that position is wrapped around how many goals did you score? How many assists did you get? And when those weren't coming, it was like, you're living in hell. (laughs) And what I came to realize my senior season, a third of the way through was the only way I can shut this guy up is to just give him what he wants and the only thing he cares about is an assist or a goal it doesn't matter if i dribbled three people or had a killer game anything else if it wasn't an assist or a goal he's on my back and i didn't realize that until like there was like one game i didn't play very well but i got an assist and he said nothing to me the entire practice and i was like whoa what is happening what what is happening like did someone give him sugar in his coffee and he's just a little <laughs> bit happier today like what is who happening? paid him off <laughs> yeah right and and that to me was like a realization of like the only way to 
to get the clarity that I want and enjoy the game that I'm enjoying is to make sure that he's taken care of first and then I can kind of take care of me. So I didn't realize at the time about having someone chew me out until I like, you know, clued in. And I think a lot of ways that you could translate that to academics too. Like I had teachers where I felt like I wrote a really good paper, right? And she was like giving me like a C and I was like, no, what? I put this a lot of so time. good. Yeah. And then she would point the outline and say, well, did you answer this, this, and this? And I was like, well, I mean, but like, those are like, I don't think those are, and she was like, no, that was the point. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I just always had this like, well, I think this is how it should be, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I still do that. I'm writing a paper right now. And I'm like, this is so good. And I know as soon as I turned it in, she'd be like, you missed half of the points. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I just appreciate it for like the effort and the care. Exactly. And- in my email, I said, I really enjoyed writing this. She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care. She doesn't answer the question. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. So I, I would say that. Yeah. Just that obstacle of him being like completely unreasonably hard on me at the time was living in hell but now I look back it taught me like something you know which is cool it builds character yeah all right and that's but what I they tell say. you at the time and you're like yeah yeah it builds character whatever like, I have enough character that's yeah, what I was right. saying <laughs> I already have my all my character I don't need any more exactly oh so following soccer you obviously had so much going on what did you do that helped with the transition yeah um so I guess there's a couple things that I can think of. And I think I leaned into trying to find my people again. Like, I think when I left soccer, it was this immediate void of the locker room, of the camaraderie, of my teammates. And not just that, but just like the feedback you get and the the connection. And I think when I left... I immediately recognized, like, I mean, I was doing sales door to door, which is like me in my car by myself driving to these places. And I was like, this is the worst. I hate this. If I get a sale, who do I go back to? I can't high five anybody, you know, like, so then I got sort of suggested thrown into this incubator thing, which then I found a little bit of a community and that was powerful. And that helped me group think through my way. So I think Finding those little communities, and, and it sounds so funny because maybe as an athlete, I always felt like I had to take matters into my own hands. Like if I rely on somebody else, they might let me down. So I have to mm-hmm. just go to practice or like I have to go to my backyard and play and like train myself, right? Yeah. And I think as you get older and potentially out of athletics, you come to realize that you can't really do that anymore, you know, especially you like- people. You do, you really do. And I learned in many ways in my life, you can't rely solely on people, but regardless of that and all the baggage that could be impacted there, it's like, at the end of the day, you can't do anything without people, like without collaborating and without connecting and having conversations. And like, you know, I, even this conversation here, like this is exchanging value and you changed my perspective earlier and I was like huh I never thought about like that is so powerful and I think that was one thing that I stumbled into I didn't really plan on and I think it's helped me tremendously that's funny because that's the one of the most common denominators between all the conversations I've had too is like you leave soccer and you had your support system whether it was your team your coaches academic advisors athletic trainers the people that you saw walking in class, the guy in the coffee shop that 
every time I went and got a coffee before practice, I saw like the people that you saw on your normal daily basis and then nothing. As soon as season's done on your last game, like you don't have to wake up and go to practice. Like you can have a beer if you want to have a beer, but no one's going to come down hard on you. And in the moment I was always like, oh, there's so many people that I have to go through to do this one thing. But at the end of the day, that connection that you lose as soon as you're done yeah Which, it's so hard it's so it's hard, so hard. Make, it's hard yeah. to make friends too it's yes. hard to make friends in the, in the wild in real yeah. life <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing that I uh, re- re- like I resisted that that was going to be difficult for whatever reason like I just was like whatever like friends will just like they'll just they just happen yeah no no <laughs> like we're so fun yeah right <laughs> we'll be our yeah. friends like, you have to it's so awkward it's like hey what's your name like want to hang out it's yeah. so it feels so weird doing it but I don't know until you're in a place where your values align with all the other people like your program obviously you all had the same mindset or you wouldn't be in that program yeah uh, or at least similar values and when you're going like at your sales job the guy that you're working with might not have anything in common with you you just Nothing. have a job yeah and and like and then so, it was sort so- of the people that I was working with there were were like just clock punchers and they didn't really take any pride in what they were doing and I was like well then why like you're just wasting you're wasting time you're wasting your life the opposite of how we function yeah and like I just right like we've spent most of our time doing something we were passionate about and excited about and then you know so yeah I 100% like and even like in Chicago like when COVID went down we got really close with our neighbors just happened to be on the same floor as us just completely through happenstance like I was watching soccer and he was sitting next to me watching like I was like oh wait like you live what the heck <laughs> and like since then like we literally work out every single morning we go to the gym at 6 a.m every single morning and that's like that like director like athletic coach or whatever right like that's forming the little cohort or community yeah and that is so powerful like I would probably go to the gym maybe once or twice a week but now I go like way more than that and that wouldn't be <laughs> happening you know without people and especially during COVID. And I think that's at least when I really realized how important my community is. Like when I moved to Colorado, I, I was working for Tracy Chow, our old assistant. And, you know, I was like really close with her and really close to the team, but I didn't have like my own people here. Cause I just hadn't had time to really explore. And I finally like met my crew and then COVID happened. And it's so Gosh. weird. Like you see everyone and then you just go to being locked up. And it was like that yeah. for everyone. I mean, we're like on Zoom calls, but yeah. Zoom is, you know, helps connect, but it's it's yeah. just not the same. So someone said this the other day and it was so true to me was before COVID, a lot of times your connection and community was like convenient. You were going to the same place and you happen to have that community there, right? Mm-hmm. But when COVID happened, it was like, in order for you to have that connection, you have to be intentional about it. And that is a totally different world. That's right? such a good point. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's like, no one's doing anything. If you want to see someone, like you're going to have to make a Zoom link or a yes, time to yeah. FaceTime. <laughs> that is such a good point. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the worst at Like I benefited greatly because Hamilton Carlin was my roommate when I first moved to Charleston. And Hamilton is like the biggest social butterfly there ever is. Like I love seeing com- him. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. He's so awesome. I loved I loved living with him. Because and you could was- see him from like ten miles away. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And everybody knows Hamilton, right? Like, yeah. So we always had people over at our apartment, and it wasn't because I was like, "Hey, you want to come over?" It was just sort of like everybody 
everybody loves Hamilton and we're all going to chill. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm here. Like, this is awesome. I love <laughs> yeah. all this, you know? But like, I was never the guy to coordinate that kind of stuff. COVID was the opposite of that. You Absolutely. had to become that, you know? What is something that would have made that transition easier from college to post-college? Um, knowing, knowing to look for people and knowing, knowing where I could go to meet people. Like I didn't figure out until, sorry, my dog is over here, like probably barking in the background, <laughs> uh, recognizing that there's going to be this giant void. Like if someone was like, Hey, look, you're going to be done with this program in like two weeks. And that means all of your coaching staff, your teammates, like all of these people that have supported your life and your requirements to go X, Y, and Z those are going to be gone. And in order for you to really more comfortably phase into this new life, whichever direction you decide to go, you should consider who's going to fill those gaps. Here's some communities that you might like to be a part of, like a gym, like, you know, these types of things. And if I was given some ideas about voids in my life that I had no idea were coming, I probably would have been able to navigate a little bit smoother, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it's so weird. Everyone on the team's like, it won't be the same without you. We'll miss you. And then they go and they play. Like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, whatever, you're gone. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Gosh. I thought we were friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I miss you guys, though. <laughs> so, on the flip side of that, if you were talking to an athlete, they're yeah. a week out of their sport, they just played yeah. their last game. Yeah. What would you tell them? <sighs> okay. I would say this would be almost because me, when I left, I was like, I don't want to see a soccer ball. I don't want to talk to anybody about soccer, you know, like, and so that's okay. Like if that's you, like, that's okay. Take your time and just go be social though. Like don't take your time and go isolate yourself, go be social, reconnect with past friends or find people that have been, you know, outside of the academically athlete athletic world, like people that have always been more socially inclined like try and link up with them and try and connect with them because those people have it down like the people that were going to the bars every like they know how to just hang out like you probably are struggling to do that because you've been so committed and you've had to shut that life out so yeah I would just say it's okay if you if you want to reject everything to do with that sport right now and if it never comes back to you it never comes back to you but like it may and be open to that try and go be social like and I, this is coming from a person that I like a little bit. I'm introverted. Like I, I can recharge by myself. Like I can read books. I can whatever, play video games. But people are the answer. <laughs> no, I would totally agree. I like. Yeah, what would you say? Um, mine was around the same. Find a community. Yeah. Find people that you can still be around. And maybe they have the same values as you. Maybe they don't. But find people that you can hang out with and learn from and try new things with. I don't know. I never tried new things until I was done with soccer. Cause why would I try new things? Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, similar, similar to you. Is there anything that you thought I was going to ask you or that you thought you wish I asked you? Um, yeah. I, okay. Well, I don't know that this would have been like, so maybe a one question could have been like, what's a new routine you've picked up? I felt when I stepped away from soccer, there was like routine ripped out of my life and school as well, like routine's gone. So it's kind of like up to you to figure it out. And of course, like the way that I went was more sales and figure your kind of your own schedule out. Um, but if you don't have something doing that, I think it's important to like institute some schedule. And I rejected that when I was in school. Like I, when I had more classes one semester and I had 
early morning gym with the team. And then I had practice and I had literally three, three hours of myself was when I was most productive. Yeah. Cause I just had so many obligations. Cause you had to be. Yeah. You like don't have an option. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Shit, I have so much homework and I have two and a half hours to get this done. <laughs> right. Exactly. And like, in a lot of ways, I think busying your schedule with things that can benefit you, like, you now have the chance to like format that yourself. Like, you now can decide what's going to take your time, but I would recommend finding some things to take your time because what do they call it? The, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. And mm-hmm. I think if you're completely void of all those obligations now, it can become more challenging to figure out and be productive and feel good about what you're doing, you know? Absolutely. So routine, I feel like finding something that like you implement as a routine. For me, it was in a world where I was free to kind of roll my own schedule. It was like, well, if I go to the gym every single day, I can improve physically. Mm-hmm. I might not be improving career-wise because I don't know what the heck I'm doing with myself. <laughs> Uh, but I can improve my physical self. Like I can make progress there. And that was like the one thing I latched onto. And one thing I learned in that was my body improved so slowly. And I got so frustrated by that. And I was like, why am I not a jacked beast? You know, like I go to the gym all the time. What's happening? And I was like, maybe that's like, use your body as your ruler of when you're improving in your life and it takes time and it just takes effort and putting the time in those little millimeters every day of like doing something is, you know, in three years, you're going to be a totally different looking person. It stacks up on top of each other. So I already asked you this in the email I sent you, but what would your walkout song be? Yeah. So we ready is like the that's song. a good one i love that song I, we used to do that in the locker room and in my opinion we didn't do it enough we should have done it every single game that was my vote but i'm like the worst person like i don't know lyrics to songs i'm not a good dj at parties like but we ready i was like yeah let's go i always got so hyped for that just banging on the locker room. So- well i appreciate you eli thank you for sharing your experiences and your story yeah thank um, you so much for having me i'm yeah. uh, excited to follow along and learn I learned so much from this conversation just like you you know sharing perspective with me so I'm excited to listen along